Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. Just be close to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. On Wednesday night, um, early Thursday morning, it was, it was hours and hours of this, what I call a nightmare. That I experienced and Okay, that's cool. That's fine. No biggie. No, no worries. I mean, I only put the chairs up there for scenery. It's fine. I'll have to deal with the worship leader on that later. You know, when she gets home to her home. <laughs> Amen. Kidding. Young, that was a delayed reaction from you guys. Bless, bless your hearts. Welcome to Destiny House. Amen. Good to see you. Yes. Yes. All right. I was talking about a nightmare. So 
You know, it's not often that I have dreams this vivid. Um, it's not often that I, I would even bring something like this up uh, to anyone, anybody, much less in a pulpit on a Sunday morning. But I, uh, I'm only going to speak for a few minutes this morning. We're going to uh, take the sacred time of communion together this morning. But I want to just kind of describe to you what happened. So I don't. I know that uh, Cooper and I were somewhere close to the church, and Candace was at work, and uh, and I I said, you know, Cooper, let's go to this carnival. And he was so excited that I didn't take him to preschool that day. Skip school, he was so excited. <laughs> and, and he said, We go in daddy's truck to Carnival. And this is in the this is in the dream. And I said, Yeah, Coop, we're gonna go and just walk around and do some rides and you know, get you a treat or something and just have a good half day together or so. And so we get to this carnival and there's thousands of people there, hundreds maybe, and I'm holding his hand and he was so excited. Dad, look at the Ferris wheel. Dad, look at this. Dad, cotton candy. Dad, this. Dad, that. And he was so excited that, that he began to not want to hold my hand anymore. And I said, no, Cooper, you're too little. You've got to stay with Daddy. And we just began to walk, and he kept holding my hand, and he's being a good little boy, and and we just just uh, were having such a great time, and then he saw some things across his field, and I don't think I don't know if it was ponies or or whatever, and he was so interested in them, and so he just ripped away from me, and he began to run towards something that he was more interested in than the direction that I was going as his father. And so this is where the nightmare began as he got away from me so quickly and there were so many people. I'm trying to catch this this morning. I'm going to have a sermon today. And so I try to catch him and I'm trying to get through the crowds. And I can't see him. And I become just terrified. And I look and I look and it feels like hours go by. Police are involved. They're making announcements. People are praying. He's nowhere to be found. 
And this went for hours. Candace wakes up about 4.30 a.m. during the week to get ready, go to work. Usually I try to get up with her as she's leaving at about 7. Because I'm, I'm a support system. I'm a support system for her. Break up the nightmare a little bit. That was such a true statement that I just made too, which is which I really feel convicted right now about. So may not take communion today anyway. So 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 this went on for hours, and I I I, I woke up I think probably at around 5 a.m. She was getting ready, and I was just, I was so panicked. I'm sure y'all have been there at this place with some nightmares in your life, and I was so panicked. And I said, you know, where's Cooper? Where's Cooper? She's like, Lord, he's, he's fine. He's, he's in bed. He's still sleeping. And so I, I peeked in his room to make sure he was there. I was so disturbed. I was, I was so worn out for searching for him for hours. And this just, this just went on for what it felt like for a full day. Just, just hours upon hours upon hours of searching. And I'm not trying to stand in front of you guys today and be dramatic and tearful for you to get an earful and maybe be moved by your emotions. That's not the goal. But I thought about this nightmare the whole day. I never found him. Within the context of this dream, I, I never found him. He was lost. And I had a lot of talks with the Lord that day because um, I knew that this was not an attack of the enemy, that this, this nightmare was from him. And maybe some of you know the Lord this way and maybe you don't. Some of you think of the Lord as just lilies and daisies and sweet things. But if that's not all you know about him, then you really don't know the heart of the Father. Because within the context of the heart of a real father, there is the joining of revelation. And in understanding God relaying a message to you, no matter how that comes, whether it's in a message today, whether it's something, a song you hear on the radio, whether it's what somebody says to you um, at your job this week, however that comes, God is trying to get through to us and speak to us about the importance of people slipping away out of his hand. And I'm not here to claim that, that God has the emotions that I do. That's not the point either. But the level of grief and pain that I felt was so overwhelming and tremendous. Now the word does tell us that we can vex the Holy Spirit, that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We know that, that Jesus had emotions and he cried and he hurt for people. And he still hurts for people. 
Can you imagine for some of you parents today, if the nightmare that I just described, if that actually is something that occurred to you and you never found your son or daughter again. They had been abducted by an enemy. And you went home from the police station and you walked into your child's room with some type of miracle expectation that they're going to be there safe and sound, but they're not. I want to get to the heart of the matter this morning. This is what is happening to some of you. And this is what is happening to some of your spouses. And this is what is happening to some people in this church and many people in this area and many churches. And this same thing is happening to pastors and evangelists and missionaries around the world as they have stopped holding on to the Father's hand and they have been detoured by life's problems and grievances and emotions and feelings and pain and suffering and addiction and attractions. And they've been so attracted to what's on the other side of that field that looks so pleasant and so fun and so appealing that they've slipped out of the hand of the Father. Now the good news is our Heavenly Father searches way better than I do. Amen. And the Holy Ghost doesn't need GPS. He created Holy Ghost GPS. The Holy Ghost GPS will not take you into a lake when it says you're on a road. Has that ever happened to you? There's a, there's a sitcom that happens. Pretty hilarious. And the guy just keeps on driving. Steve Carell. He keeps driving because he will not stop going the direction the GPS told him to go. And he drives into a lake like an idiot. But isn't that what the body of Christ is doing? We're going by the GPS of this world and what the world says and what the news says. You shouldn't go by what your pastor says. You should verify the word of God. What does the word say about why you are here today and what God is going to do in the future? You should go to the word and verify. You should be like, oh. Well, Pastor, man, I, he seems like an honest guy, you know, most of the time. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We won't confirm. It's ridiculous. Stop putting your trust in man. Amen. Put your trust in Jesus. When you put your trust in Jesus, you're not going to get lost. Woo! You're not. I want to give you a couple of scriptures and maybe one more example this morning. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. 
2 Corinthians 11.3 But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. See, Cooper is learning as a child to honor and respect and be devoted to his earthly father. And the more he understands how to honor and respect and latch on to me, the more I'm going to be able to make him understand what it means to latch on to Jesus as he grows older and matures. So there is a a handoff, if you will. like that with the just like the father handing off his daughter to the groom there is a handoff that we should be thinking about daily what are you learning right now in this room as the body of Christ that you're going to take out there this week to you because it does no good if you hear the message and then you just let it fall and the seed dies to the ground it makes no difference if you say, oh, well, you know, that was a good message. Praise God. Let's go get a burrito. <laughs> right? Now, when you leave here with the expectation of application, the expectation of application, you apply everything that God places in you. Because guess what? It's not just for your growth. It is for that. But the majority of what God does in us is to use us in an amazing piece on the chessboard of life where God will use your life and other, and other ways to change somebody else's. So you become a conduit of his healing power. Look at your neighbor and say it's not about you. I feel like I should do that every week. Can, can you agree? Can you agree? Let me just say something a little bit maybe frustrating for some. Because you get sick of me saying it. But church people at the, are the worst about thinking that things are about them. I deserve this. Let me give you guys a little secret. And this is not to shine a light on myself because y'all know I show my insecurities all the time from the pulpit. Y'all even will take, Pastor, you know, maybe you should be a little more confident. Right? And I get it. But guess what? We all fall. We all falter. Let he who is without sin Cast the first stone. I never think to myself. In fact, y'all get on to me for, for this. My wife will get on to me. Not about being a certain way. But sometimes my thought process is. Even though it's biblical. You can go from. Saying something in, in the, the humility of what the word says and, and, and act upon that. But then it can turn into self-deprivation. 
Is that the right word? Thank you, my English scholars in here. So, I don't ever say to myself, man, God, I deserve to be here. God, did you see how well I did in college? Thank you. I, I so deserve to be here. God, did you see, man, God, did you see the places I preached and sang and when I, when I didn't get a pay? God, did you see that? I so deserve to be here. I've earned it. God, you know, you know, Lord, I have earned everything that I have. I'm so proud of myself. God, I think in front of you, I'm just going to pat myself on the back. Good job. I'm going to tell you, all this part's flabby, that part ain't. People on Spotify are like, what? What did he just point to? <laughs> Praise God. Nothing like ruining the anointing, right? We should never take the stance of we've earned anything. We should always be in a position of kneeling before God and saying, God, I don't deserve this, but you, because of you, God, because of you, God, I'm still breathing. Because of you, God, my son is still alive. Because of you, God, my children are going to prosper in spiritual things in the later days of their life. They're not going to end up in hell because of you, God. Us parents, we love to put the blame on ourselves about things. Well, if I had done this better and I had done... Hey, listen, yeah, there is a responsibility that you have. But guess what? You are not the author and finisher of your child's faith. He is. So I don't want you to preach long, but this is going a little longer than I thought. And Psalm 10, 4, it explains that... The proud are so consumed with themselves that their thoughts are far from God. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. This kind of haughty pride is the opposite of the spirit of humility. Matthew 5, 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit are those who recognize their utter spiritual bankruptcy and their inability to come to God aside from his own divine grace. God's own divine grace is who? His son. You can't get anywhere near the Father without a relationship with the Son. And I want to tell you again like I tell you every week. And I'm okay to be a broken record because one day God is going to say, thank you for being a broken record. If you don't have a sincere, real, ever living relationship with Jesus, you're not a disciple of Christ. Amen. Period. Amen. 
prayer in that church back in Florence, Alabama. In, in, in that Alabama church, it was God was so good. And, we, and Pastor, we just need to bring back the organ. And we need, Pastor, we need to bring back the banjo. And, and then, then you'll say something really, and then I know it's not God. And you'll say, Pastor, we'll bring back the tambourine. Your relationship is not based on an event or one specific date. My marriage to my wife is not based on November 5th, 2000. My marriage with my wife is based on the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the triumph times, the low times, the times when we were so far in God we couldn't see straight, the times that we were depressed and down and anxious. And I love all you Christians that want to walk around acting like you never have any fear, you never have any anxiety, you never have any depression. Can you stop lying to yourself and just get back to God and say, God, I am screwed up royally without you. Up a creek without a paddle, I think, is one of the terms. I'm saying a whole bunch of southern stuff today. Hebrews 3.12, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart slipping out of the hand of God. Do you guys ever see yourself doing that? You got that picture? You, you just get to that place where you're, you're just, it just seems so, and look how fragile that is. Look how fragile. And God never pulls away from us. Never says, I don't have time for you. Never says, this is too much. Court, you've gone too far. You've sinned too many times. No, the Father just says, just you hold on to me. When you fall, all you got to do is pull. And I'm going to help raise you back up. But if you've already slipped out of my hand, don't expect me to raise you up immediately. I will forgive you immediately, but don't expect that there will not be consequences of the choices that you make. Less than 10 hours ago, I found out this information. You guys know my oldest son, Bailey, has, has moved back to Texas and... He's, he's doing well. He's not drinking. He's not using drugs. Can we thank the Lord for that right now? And we found out yesterday, one of the, one of the young 20-year-olds that he was hanging around with here in Ohio that he was using with, that he was drinking with, was found dead two days ago in his apartment of an overdose of heroin. Bailey wasn't surprised. He goes, Dad, I know that could easily have been me. I know 
how many times I've overdosed. I know how many times I tried to take my life. I know. So Bailey, are you thinking about this young man? This young man has a child. This young man has a toddler. This young man has parents that have watched their son slip away from God's hand for years. Sunday morning should be a time that we are reminded with passion how good God's grace is. To seek out and find the lost sheep. The ending of my dream was not good. I woke up in a terror as a reminder from God to continue doing my job. One more story. So about two years ago, I was in my truck and I had just changed the bulbs because I wanted a little bit brighter bulbs um, in my headlights. And so I ordered some, some bulbs on Amazon. I know, I know. And I ordered some bulbs, I put them in, and man, they were so much brighter, so much nicer than the factory look. I was so pleased. They were $29.99. I was so happy about that, right? So I put them in, and about four months later, I'm driving down the road, and my truck won't go faster than 15 miles per hour. Now listen to this. What had happened is there was a circuit issue from putting an aftermarket bulb, not approved by Toyota, into their wiring harness. And it only happens one out of you know, 10,000 vehicles, but this, these lights caused a malfunction and my truck went into what's called limp mode. And I thought to myself, this could preach in so many different directions, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Don't, don't, don't mess with me, people. I know how y'all are. I know how you people are. You're worse than me. But I thought about this. The dealer said, yeah, your truck's in lip mode. Let's, let's put, some, put the factory bowls. If you have them, yeah, so they're in my glove. Put them back in. Immediately, the truck woke up. Wow. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Y'all are making this weirder than it is. This is not. You coming for the Lord, you're going to answer for this. I'm not. I'm not. I didn't go there. And so... She, she said, this, the text said, should be fine. So I drove it around. It, it, it was, was doing everything that it was supposed to do. And so I thought, I haven't thought about this until literally last, late last night. Anytime you try to put a pretend or a false light in the right housing, it may look that that may look at first that that light will light up and cause visibility, but if it's not the original, it's not going to last. 
I think some of us are putting, trying to put the wrong light on the inside of us, which is religion. It's denominational barriers. It's legalism. It's unforgiveness. It's bitterness. Some of you think, and, and, and this is just me picking here because I believe I've done this. Some of you think that it makes you feel better to hold a grievance against somebody else. But what you're doing is you're putting the wrong bulb in the right housing. And when you put the wrong bulb in the right housing, expecting that light to last, it's always going to fail. If you're in a marriage today and you're struggling for your marriage because you're saved but your spouse is not, the Bible tells us that there, there is an unequally yoked issue there going on. But he doesn't tell you to divorce. He tells you to pray. What did I say on Wednesday night? What is the one request of the disciples to Jesus? What is the one thing that they asked Jesus to teach them? And that is how do we pray? Not how do we preach? Not how do we sing? Not how do we worship? Not how do we give? Not how do we do this or that? How do we work? But it's teach us to pray. And so we did. Praise team, you guys can come up. In a second, we're going to go into a time of communion. But I ask that you would listen to this question right now before I make a transition to this amazing and holy time that we take serious here at Destiny House, that every Christian should take serious. Are you in a position to help someone in your life not slip away from God's hand? The answer is yes. Let me answer for you. The answer is yes. You are in a divine appointment position, vantage point, in order to stop someone from ruining their life. God will use you to do that. Do not be afraid any longer because you think that you're going to come across as mean or rude or a Bible thumper or a holy roller or whatever the title is that people give us for speaking about the love of Jesus. Don't be afraid of people's response. What you should be concerned about is God's response if you don't do it. Amen. This is pressure right now. The, the Lord is placing pressure in your life right now. Lord, we pray that the kids would come back in here for communion. Look at that. That's <laughs> the annoying. I did see him. I'm totally joking right now. Okay, y'all know that. Just being weird again. I'm so proud of the direction that we are on right now. I'm so proud of what God is doing. The stories that I'm hearing of what God is doing in your life have been tremendous. And they encourage Candace and I in times when we 
really need encouragement. But this race is not over yet, guys. We've got to push past our hurt, our grievances, anything that we have put on that on the back of that stove that we've said, you know what, I think I'll just let that simmer for a little while. You know, you know, you can simmer on things and still burn them. Anybody done that before? Well, I just thought when I was talking about cooking and burning that you would perk up. Wow. <laughs> You're brave, dude. I am brave. Yes, I am. Anyways, I'm looking for a lunch buddy today. Praise God. If you're interested, I won't be going home. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We got two vehicles. <laughs> Amen. I want us to just take this time real quickly before we go into communion. Close your eyes. Bow your heads, please. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, Pastor, I have allowed myself to be distracted with this world. I've allowed myself to be distracted with things around me. I've been at that same carnival. I've pulled away from the Father's hand, and I need to get right today. Without anybody looking around, if you're here today and you would say, I need to get back in my relationship with Jesus, or I need to come to Jesus today for the first time, would you be ever so bold right now to lift your hand for me and put it right back down? Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Anybody else here today that would say, I need to get right with Jesus today. I don't want to delay any longer. Can you put your hand up and put it right back down? Before we partake in communion, ushers are going to begin the process of coming up in a second and providing you the sacraments as they lead and direct you guys to come up. But before that, let's do the most important thing and let's pray for the need right now that many of you have just acknowledged the need to come back to Jesus and to live for him all the days of your life. I want you to stand for me very quickly and we're going to pray. I want you to know that yes, this is a prayer, but there's some things that need to happen in order for this not to just be a, a blanket statement. You've got to trust and you've got to believe what you're saying. And that trust is saying, I believe that God sent his only son, Jesus, to live for me, to die for me, to be resurrected for me. To pay the penalty of my sin at Calvary. To take the 39 stripes for me. If you're here today, if you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, now is the time, right now, to say yes to God. We're going to pray this prayer, I want you to repeat after me for those Christians in here, even the praise team behind me. I want us to pray this prayer out loud, boldly. Let's support those that are praying this prayer for the first time. Or maybe they're praying this prayer and coming back to God this morning. 
Let's pray this prayer today and confess it boldly out loud and believe everything that we speak. Let's pray it like this. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins and set me free. This very moment, I join you in eternity. I love you forever. You are my God and I am your child. Thank you for saving me right now in your holy name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand real quickly? So if you guys would just remain standing, um, ushers, if you would uh, begin the process, whatever you guys need to do, I'm going to pray very quickly and we're going to take a break, let the praise team sing a song until everybody has received the sacraments. I want to tell you right now that as you are receiving, I want you to know some very quick and easy things, hopefully to understand. The first thing is, this is a time for you to examine yourself before the Lord. If you are not a Christian, if you are not a true follower of Christ, biblically speaking and from the Lord's mouth, communion is not for you. If you just gave your heart to the Lord, communion is for you today because you are born again. You are saved. The Bible says you have been written in the Lamb's book of life. If you have a relationship with Jesus, communion time is for you today. Not next week. Not when you try to get better. Not when you try to fix this or that. Communion is for you today, but the Bible tells us through the Apostle Paul to examine ourselves. And as you come up and as you are waiting for everyone to receive the body and the blood, I want you to examine yourself. The Bible tells us that, that when people do communion the wrong way, that is why many are sick and or asleep. Do communion the right way. Make this one of the most important things you do in the course of your life. Another thing that Jesus said, he said, do this until I come back. This is 